0: From a Zoom call emanating from Bucks County, Pennsylvania, Toronto, Canada, and Canal Street, Manhattan, it's the new day. Feel the power. Take it away, guys.
2: This really is the B team today. <laughs> oh, wait, wait a second. <laughs> this is the straight bench right now. You're you know, not Xavier Woods? No. I, I
1: really am. I feel bad for the folks expecting to see the New Day this week right. and are what? hearing our, our incredibly un, uh, unsatisfying sounds and voices.
2: <laughs> uh, so, so let's tell you who we are. That's Alex, not Dan Reichert. I, I demanded he did that. I am Matt Cam from WWE's The Bump and Talking Smack and Raw Talk. RJ City from the internet. Is that good? Does that work? Sure. (laughs) From everywhere else. Everywhere else. And uh, Kazim Favuide, of course, uh, you know him from Mass Man. Uh, You've seen him with New Day before. Many other places, MSGPM. But uh, the boys are busy this week. You may have heard that Big E is the new WWE champion. He's been making all the media rounds. Uh, He was on The Bump this past week. Uh, He's doing podcasts. And uh, the guys are busy. So you'll get them back next week. But this is... This is the Friends of New Day Pod Edition, one week after Biggie became WWE Champion. We're going to talk all about that, what these guys mean to us. Uh, RJ,
0: I was told you may have gotten some direction from Woods. Yeah, first of all, let's face facts Biggie got some gold and he big leagued his own show. He's probably <laughs> having a nap right now or is a foot bath or something um you know it hurts but this is like when gary shandling would take over for johnny carson so we're going to be primed for a lot hey, of i like gary shandling
1: this. all right so this is probably better episodes i texted
0: woods for some notes and he said here's here's some facts i want a speaking role in sky high 2 which is some video game he's trying to elbow his way into what else is new And then he said, the idea of skydiving terrifies me. This sounds like a Tinder profile all all of a sudden. And then lastly, he said, I quote, when my glands start working, I always listen. And that is an ad for their newest product, The New Bidet, (laughs) uh, which I've talked about extensively for months and months and months. Biggie won the title and I tweeted out, now is the time. You know, sometimes people win a championship, they put out a new shirt, a new line of merch, Biggie always breaks the rules, and I think he should slap his name on some porcelain.
2: Well, here's what I would say because this was promoted back in April uh, at WrestleMania After Dark, I feel like there's NXT 2.0, the new bidet 2.0 is now ready to be launched. Many of opportunities will come for Big E, of course. It's a uh, different type
1: of bootio for that new day bidet. Oh boy. <laughs>
0: yes. I'm all,
1: you, I'm all in on. Let's make you it. You feel guys. the power. <laughs> you are, boy.
0: This is I, I did
2: tell Woods. I said I promised this show will go off the rails and stay there. And we're off and running. Um, I want to get back to last week. A week ago, we're probably all scrolling through Twitter like normal, uh, uh doing our normal day. And he puts out the tweet. And he says, I'm going to cash in. It's happening tonight. My intent is to win the WWE Championship. Kaz, you see that. Are you texting him right away? Are you going like, "Ah, you know, he's just saying that. What's the deal?
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, So... This past week, you know, SmackDown was in Madison Square Garden, right. and uh, in most situations, I would be there. And the first person that usually texts me when you know WWE's in town is E and and several of the other guys, but especially E. So um, when I saw that tweet, I was like, Hmm, is, is this something that I want to know? Like, should I should I just keep my fan hat on and not try and get the scoop or anything like that? So 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 I talked to him Friday. But I didn't talk to him once I saw the tweet because, you know, it, it, I was hoping he called it. Like, if you can see the quote tweet I put up, I put up like the, the you know, the scene from Major League when he's doing the Babe Ruth and pointing I to did the sky. Same, same exact picture. And I'm like, okay, he's calling his shot. So a part of me felt like I would jinx it if I texted him. So I was just like, let me just sit and just see what's going to happen.
2: Uh RJ, you're pretty much having fun with this kind of stuff out there. But were you going like,
0: "Eh, I wonder? I had immediate anxiety. I thought this is a bad (laughs) idea because that's not something I would do. If I had that briefcase, I would make people forget that I had it. I want to be as low profile as possible. I have no confidence in myself. Obviously, (laughs) he has tremendous confidence in himself. But I thought, you know, there's three ways to go about it. You either don't say anything, then you cash it in. You either say something, then you don't do it, a great mind game, or yes. you say it and you do it, which is so much integrity, it almost makes me sick. And that <laughs> is the level of integrity he has.
2: We're not going to dive into the minutiae all that stuff, but I saw the tweet go up, and I, uh, I was doing Raw Talk with Kayla last week, and I texted her, and I think she was, I said, we might have a very fun show tonight. And she didn't know what I meant. And I said, did you see E's tweet? And then she did. And then you just kind of wait, and it's like, all right, let, let's see what happens, because... I think like everybody, since he won Money in the Bank a couple of months ago, everybody puts their hat on and go, okay, how does he do it? Is it? Will he cash in on Roman? Will he come over to Raw? Will he hold on to it for a while? You know, he's by himself on SmackDown. What, and we all came up with probably these scenarios of what would be perfect? Oh, man, if he, how does he become WWE champion, universal champion for the first time? What would make sense and how would this all work? And I've always kind of been of the belief of I feel like he would call his shot. At some point, he'd go, you know what? It's almost a threat. I have this. I'm going to beat you. Would it be at WrestleMania? Would it be at Royal Rumble? So when he he put the tweet out, I went, yeah, he should call his shot. There, There, there is a nobility to doing such it's a It's the threat. honorable
1: thing to do. Right. right? Like, and, uh, yeah, he's I, an
0: honorable guy.
1: And he's an honorable man.
0: Statistically, calling your shot has not gone well. Yes,
1: well. yes, which is which is why I didn't want to text him. I didn't want to be the person to, like, text him and be like, you know, I'm, I'm with RJ on this one. This isn't a good idea. Like, this is Bobby Lashley we're talking about. He's a bad dude. I wouldn't want to really rattle his cage. I would just be like, okay, either sneak up on him or do the thing where you're going to say, hey, at Extreme Rules or right. Crown Jewel, I'm putting this on the line and we're going to have a full-on match. Like, no. Like, it, it kind of... It jumps in between like him trolling Paul Heyman this whole time and like sneaking wonderful. up behind him and, and shaking that briefcase and kind of letting him know, I'm here, I'm here, I'm going to cash it in. And this was just so on the nose. I thought just like RJ where I'm just like, this is only gonna end terribly. Like, why would you? Why would, he, why would he call his shots to a guy who's absolutely mowed through the entire RAW roster for the better part of the last year? And uh, shows how much I know because Nobility wins out in the end, and uh, he did what he said with what, what he was gonna do, and now has become the WWE World Champion, and he did it. And I screamed like a little schoolgirl in front of my TV as soon as it happened. And it's very few things that can still get me to scream like a little schoolgirl. <laughs> In front of my television and that was one of them
2: i think it was one of those things was you know it was supposed to be randy and bobby for the title extreme rules then that gets moved up to raw so that's already sitting there in place we didn't know who he ended up with because randy could have won he could have done it during the match he could have done it after so there was that intrigue to it you have What's really been one of the, the most fun thing of Raw is RK Bro. So you have that whole thing, and all of a sudden now E's throwing himself into the mix. But last Friday, that MSG show cast, that's the first time E has mentioned Bobby. Because otherwise, it's been in the back. He's been dressed as a janitor or just standing off to the side. <laughs> and he just messes with Paul. And I was like, oh, this makes sense. Cause anytime somebody wins money in the bank, it could be a year, it could be six minutes, it could be six months. And he was just kind of waiting and waiting. And he had the match with Corbin at SummerSlam in the kickoff, and he got it back. Um, you were with him that weekend. Yes. It was Vegas. He knew where he was going. Uh, you're a good friend of his. Where was he at that weekend?
1: So uh, me, my good friend, uh, Andres Hale, who I've known for a long time over at the Sporting News, incredible combat sports writer, and his partner for um, Our Heroes Rock. Yep. Uh, we all went and got our got brunch in Vegas that day. And and the good thing is anytime WWE's in town or I'm in town, wherever they are, uh, we always find time to just link up and just talk and just see where we're at, especially during this pandemic and how crazy this past year has been. We haven't been able to see each other as much as we'd like to. But um, anybody who knows E!, knows that uh he carries around a very decrepit uh luggage right like his bag it's got he, he says it still works fine but it's literally hanging on by a shoelace string it doesn't roll as it should What is and it called? not
2: thrifty he's uh he's smart with his money as he likes smart to say. It. he's smart with it money. I'm not going to say cheap I'm a, thrifty we'll call him
1: thrifty cheap. is a good word I'll, I'll go with thrifty but I, I told I'm like hey you make a, a lot of money why get a new bag? Like, I'll buy you the bag. And it's like, no, it's about principle. It's about, you know, it's it's done me right. And it's, it's a good life lesson. Just because something's been beat up and used up a little bit here and there doesn't mean it's still not useful and still not something that you can uh, carry with you throughout your entire life. So that's why he keeps around. This old crusty <laughs> luggage that he keeps all of his gear in. Um, but just seeing where his thought process was, seeing where he was at, um, I can I gotta tell you, I I still, I still think there's a big part of him that didn't know if this was gonna go the way he wanted it to go. Right. Like if you talk to him, he's you gotta almost force him to compliment himself sometimes. Like you gotta be like, dude, like. You know, like you're doing great. Like you're this, you're that. But he's so, 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 so humble that he'll almost never let that happen. So now that, you know, this moment has taken place and we're filling in for his show because he's literally doing a million press appearances and doing so much uh, with his time as the guy with the title, the WWE World Championship. It just feels good, man. It feels good to see that, a dude who works hard and does everything the right way and has always been someone who has just been like a high character dude, but not just that, like incredibly entertaining, incredibly physical, fun to watch. Like he checks off every single box that you want. So now he just has a shiny gold title that proves that he checks off every box that you want. Hola. Hello.
2: RJ, you were on the New Day podcast a few weeks ago. Yes. And you spoke of the first time. Was it the first time you saw E? Uh
0: like in person? Yes. I had, yes. The first time I saw him in person, I, I found the date. Oh. July 15th, 2012. That episode of FCW. Wow. That was <laughs> that was when I had my much ill-fated, depending on who you talk to, try out. I'm in the back row there. I'm next to Scott Dawson and Sami Zayn and Sasha Banks. I'm wearing a nice blue shirt. He came out. I'd never, I mean, I'd seen pictures of him. i am heard of the person, but he was just starting at the time. And I remember going, wow, this guy has it. And if this is like, if I had to put my money on like the next guy, it would be him. Of course, that took some time for my prediction to come true. But how perceptive of me that an incredibly Muscular, freakishly athletic, <laughs> um uh, unbelievably charismatic guy would do so well in WWE. Who would
1: have guessed? That? Who would have guessed? <laughs>
0: uh it worked because so that's July.
2: He makes his raw debut that December at the end of uh of that that year. Uh and he takes out John Cena. He wins the NXT title from Seth Rollins right after that. So he's kind of doing both. And like he had his debut match as a member of the Raw Roster at wrestlemania hmm. i mean like that's him and of uh, like omos did it omos did it this year and he won the raw tag team titles but like that's pretty crazy and it seemed like like you said you said it kaz and rj you saw it you see this guy show up and you go yeah this why wouldn't this guy work of course and he becomes you know he breaks off from dolphin aj and then he becomes ic champion and he'll tell you like That went well, and then it didn't. When he gets beat, people are happy he gets beat. I never would have seen that coming. Uh And obviously, the new day takes him in a different direction. And what I always loved, and I said this to him on the bump the other day, when he got drafted away from Woods and Kofi last year, like almost a year ago, it's the most emotional, sad moment in the history of like 20 years of the draft. (laughs) Everybody was mad and they were mad. And then he gets put by himself and he goes into that rivalry with Sheamus, And that was part of that night. And like, then they go away and he's by himself. And then you're going, okay, it's, this is it. And and Kofi gave him that, that seal of approval right before that. This is your time. And even then, to cast to your point, I was like, no, nah, man, you can't say that. It was like, no, this is your time. And he becomes IC champion on Christmas. And you go, okay, here we go. And then he loses the title at WrestleMania. And now you're going, oh, all right. He's away from his guys. What happens? So when he wins Money in the Bank, and it's the first pay-per-view back with fans, it was that sound. And he was very open about that. He's like, you don't know what people are gonna think of you. You like people are because because it was a year plus of no fans. Yeah, you don't know how people are gonna react. There, there's something scary about that, which I appreciated that he acknowledged. At the same point, everybody knows we all love E, but still, he grabs that briefcase down. You don't really know what that sounds gonna be like.
1: Mm. Yeah, I was I was with E. And uh Wale at WrestleMania when Wale performed him to the ring. Right. And uh which you know, by the way
2: usually means you're probably gonna win. Exactly. Gonna
1: win. <laughs> I thought he was gonna win, you know, and then uh you know, mind you, uh shout out Apollo Crews, another another good friend, but like it's kind of seeing where you know things went for him after he lost the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania and being, WrestleMania being one of the first shows back with a live crowd, you said it, like, you really don't know where you're gonna go after that because it's the first time, it's the best, biggest litmus test, right? Like, it's like, okay, we've been in this, uh, this Thunderdome for so long, and even though, the, the locker room emptied out when he won the Intercontinental Championship and all that type of stuff. Like, you are, anybody, you know, RJ said it, everybody said it. Anybody who knows he knows he has the respect of everybody in the locker room. You get that. It's being able to connect with the people behind that screen at home and in the crowd that really puts a test on of, of, you know, have, have, have you done well with this right. run, especially as a solo act, especially after the draft, especially all these other things. It was it was it was a little weird for Eve for a minute. Like after Mania and before Money in the Bank, he was just kind of floating for a while, like with Apollo Cruz and, and Street Profits and a couple of other people. And I'll be honest, personally, a little bit. I worried a little bit. I was like, man, like, I hope his momentum, you know, because of the, the you know, the pandemic and all these other things that happened and not having a new day and, you know, Roman is steamrolling over people yeah, on SmackDown. Yeah. It's just like, oh, man, like, honestly, I'm, I'm starting to worry. I'm like, damn, maybe it's going to take a little longer than expected. But then money in the bank happens. And, you know, there's different sort of crowd pops, right? Like there's the pop where, you know, you know what's going to happen and like they just satisfy you, which is what happened this past Monday. And then there's that steady building pop, which is just like all of us sort of all of us sort of realizing like, oh, oh. Oh, okay, yeah. now it's about to happen. Now it's about to now this this steamroll of momentum is about to really start getting picked up for E. So, once he grabs that briefcase and you hear the Feel the Power with Wale playing in the back and he's holding it up, you can hear that crowd just start to crescendo and now it's like, okay. All right. Whatever happened in the past few months, whatever happened over the past several years, There's no doubt in my mind whether it happens in a month, whether it happens later that night, whether it happens, you know, at at next year's WrestleMania, that dude's going to be a world champion sooner rather than later. And I'm glad it wasn't too long because, you know, you know know what happens when you hold that briefcase for too long. You never know. You never know. Yeah, like it's when you strike while it's hot, it's still fun, right? When you hold the briefcase for like a year or something, then it just becomes, well, when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? So I'm glad that he called his shot and glad that he did it the way he did it, man. I hope that sets a precedent for other people to say, hey, I'm cashing in today. Tune in at. Right. 10 30 p.m no, no, I will don't, be don't there. do that big e is the <laughs> exception the next president
0: don't do that that is a mistake <laughs> i not everyone is biggie but i will say he would be the first person to tell you that he is nothing without his friends and it is so nice the draft was heartbreaking matt as you remember i called it as a joke and then that sad joke became yeah, true you it was your fault sorry everyone <laughs> But I think the New Day has one of the great long-distance relationships in (laughs) wrestling history, supporting each other always. They have this podcast together. They're like, E, you go do your thing. Woods, Kofi, we'll do our thing. And then it was kind of like the ending of The Notebook, you know? (laughs) Vicky coming back from the war and saying, boys, I'm home. And now he's on raw of course until the next draft where who knows what will happen. No. i was no, about to say don't say, don't say that. Don't don't,
1: put, don't 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 go twice in the raw RJ. No, Just please. Don't say do that again.
2: That's not going to happen. But to that point, um this podcast when they were drafted away from each other. This was the outlet of let's new let's hear new day shenanigans and there was the fun of that and I think they kind of I mean, I'm I'm an avid listener of this podcast. I say it's my favorite hour every week. And it was just like, are they going to talk about Raw or SmackDown? Yeah, maybe. That might happen. Are they going to talk about something that happened in FCW or we're going to do a tournament or, or whatever it may be? Um, and I want to get back to that in a second. But, Kaz, you brought up the idea of, like, and er- not the idea, it's a fact. Everybody likes this guy. And i <laughs> said to him, and I've said it to a lot of people, and RJ, you could speak to this as someone who has been in the business and been in the ring and, and shared locker rooms. It's different when someone has really good, or really bad news happened to them. And you see the reaction on social media. Um, you know, when Bailey got hurt, we know what Bailey is on SmackDown every week, but you saw the reaction of peers and fans and friends. Everybody was crushed. It was a bummer, but you saw the outpouring of support she got. When E won the money in the bank, there was the positive of that, very positive. And then when he calls out he's going to win Monday afternoon, he trended for hours, hours and hours and hours, long before Ross started. And then when he won, I knew it was going to happen. My feed was just e-love from everybody, across everywhere, you name it, current co coworkers, former coworkers, friends, people from the industry, whatever it may be, outside it was, yes, that was his time.
1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
2: RJ, as like I said, someone who's been doing this and in the business, you know when people get genuine love and when it's also like, I should say something nice about that guy because he's champion now.
0: Well, (laughs) if anyone has something bad to say about every celebrity, it's me
2: that's true stanley tucci
0: (laughs) mark ruffalo betty white i even crossed out her face today i'm not a fan of her work um it's me i even have bad things to say about woods he's a couple things he's promised me a couple things that haven't happened Uh, nevertheless i cannot think of one single bad thing to say about e and not only that when you win a championship, especially in that fashion. It's like when you win an Oscar, there's almost built in resentment from your peers because they all want it. But he is such a quality human being. And not only that, I mean, look, everyone is a nice person. This is my theory in life. You have to be actively bad to be called not a nice person, but he's done so many good things for good people that people you don't normally see tweeting praise, myself included, came out of the woodwork to say, this is fantastic.
1: I mean, you can go from musicians, athletes, Iowa football, former WWE stars, current WWE stars, wrestlers in all over the globe. Like everybody has a good story about Big E because Big E's the type of person who, like I said in the beginning, always puts others in front of himself. He's almost humble to a fault sometimes. And when you do that, you create, you know, you create this sort of, sort of, you know, inner inner circle of people that is so expanded because we all have personal stories about. He is a very personable guy. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like I've I've gone through personal stuff that you know most people you know they they they'll they'll stay away or whatever. Like no, like whether it's things going on in my family, things going on with work. You know, whatever, like most of the time when me and E talk, we hardly ever talk about wrestling. And this is somebody I, I was on the road with, you know what I mean, when, right. when I was working there for a little bit, you know what I mean? Like that is somebody who I could honestly, you know, call like a true friend and not just be like, I'm just a fan of this guy. It also helps that I'm a big fan of his and like he's he's an awesome wrestler. But like the thing is every single person that you talk to that has worked with, he he, he didn't cheat the game. I feel like when it comes to any sort of accolade it's a lot easier to go out of your way to show props to somebody when you know they didn't skip steps and they didn't cheat the game you know what i'm saying yeah. like he came in as somebody who wasn't necessarily an independent wrestling darling you know he was a football player who really wanted to learn this craft and be good at it and you know people went out of their way to help him So he went out of his way to help so many folks along the way. And even when, you know, a few years ago, when Kofi Kingston was on his way up to have that huge moment, there's so many people that either would have had some inherent jealousy or like some accidental jealousy or be like, that should be me. And it was never that. I think the, the most beautiful thing about the New Day and the most beautiful thing about their collective is the fact that is built on friendship. It's built yes. on, you know, as many times as folks on a fantasy book them splitting up or turning on each other or all that. I think the more interesting story that they've told throughout this, their entire, you know, almost getting close to a decade run yeah. is that at the end of the day, friendship, especially like, you know, I'll say it like Black Brotherhood, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't see that a lot. You don't see that in not, not just WWE, forget WWE. I mean, just All forms of entertainment. There's always going to be that sort of crab in a barrel mentality or stab someone in the back to get, you got to hustle hard to do this. It's all about me. Like with them, it's always been about the group. And then when it was Kofi's time, they all supported Kofi. Woods, they all support Woods. Now that it's E's time, They've all supported it. They've never even had an inkling of them splitting up or anything like that. And I think that's beautiful. I think that's great. As a lifelong black wrestling fan, I never thought I would see something like this in such a big stage. It it almost gets me emotional sometimes. And I'm like, man, if I had something to watch like that when I was younger, who knows how differently life would have turned out. But I know for a fact how they carry themselves in and outside of the ring. Somebody is watching them and is saying, I can do that because these guys have done it.
2: That goes a long way to me. Uh, I mean, if I say personally, I've had interactions with these guys, uh, Woods being really first, a couple of months into me working here. And you know what it means. You guys will get this if they come back and they're acknowledging that. Now you're out. Now you're legitimized all of a sudden. I worked there for two months. Woods and I get in a fight over the Up Up Down Down Studio, which is still the Bump Studio. I will, <laughs> I will say that even though I'm on his podcast right now. But we did that. You know, we talked about that, and then we shoot a video on it, and he responds to it, and then it happens again at Survivor Series, and that continues. And then I ended up doing this Dream Match Mania thing with him and Ian Kofi. And Goldberg destroys E, and he crushes me for 10 minutes. And everybody was like, who's that dumbass that did that with his stupid arms? And I was like, I guess that was me. And then we played with it. But those are three guys that will lift everybody else up with them. Woods is big into that. You know, Battle of the Brands, as we see everything that happens with that, and you see the little promos that... You know, he's trying to put other people out there that maybe aren't always, you know, seen. You know, uh, uh, Malcolm Bivens putting him in, in in those stuff, you know, stuff like that. Uh when he's doing up, up, down, down, and while on. You know yeah. what I mean? Like oh Wally my God, mania all that stuff. It,
1: Wally mania, as as great as it's been for the past several years, and folks who who have heard of it, it's nothing without the new day. You know what I mean? Like that. There's a, not
2: that you needed it, but it's a level of legitimacy from guys that are at the highest level in WWE.
1: Yes, let absolutely.
2: Me, let
0: me say this about uh, Woods. He promised me Battle of the Brands months ago, and I had <laughs> to <right>, on. True. <laughs> but I do want to say this about E, and I do think this is key to him. To quote Jack Lemmon, you have to send the elevator back down. It's very important. And a lot of times there are people, this business, show business, whatever, they want the power, they want the fame, but they don't want any of the responsibility. He actively takes on the responsibility, and I will go one better and say he has taken the stairs so everyone else has access to the elevator, whether, whether it was the mental health episode of this podcast a couple of weeks ago. He just did interviews where he's naming people all across the wrestling industry that he wants to see or it's, or it's our heroes rock. He always seems to believe in the rising tide, you know, and I think that's that's very important to being a role model and a leader. Not that he wants those titles necessarily, but he's very exemplary.
2: But it's organic that way, you know. yes. uh, the two podcast episodes I wanted to really, you know, feature here outside of what is done normally on this podcast last week. I mean, the timing of that, of E taking you through um, his mental health struggles and how he dealt with that uh, as a teenager and and getting older. Um, And even if you listen to this podcast, he's very open about that. And I told him, I said, you kind of, and I think it's different now in a good way, but that destigmatizes that as someone who's the champion. Like, he is the WWE champion. He's at the top of the world. He could absolutely put that stuff aside and say, I'm the big jack dude, and I'm the man, and that's exactly what I am. As simple as that. And that would be fine. I'm not asking anybody to take their personal life and put it on camera if they don't feel comfortable with it, especially when you're E and you're New Day, and it's fun. And they've always been fun for seven-plus years but to come out there and say those things and say hey look I I've had tough times uh I meditate now here's some things that you can do man that goes a really long way and and we've seen that a lot in sports recently whether it be in tennis or you know Dak Prescott talking about it these are people at the top of their games that are making large sharps of money that are, uh, you know, people might say, why do they have anything to be worried about? Why are they mad? What's It's not all about cash. It's not all about fame. There's a lot that goes into being out there and putting yourself out there every week and having to live up to those expectations. So those guys doing that episode last week, man, I the timing was very appropriate and kind of amazing, but uh that podcast could have come out six months ago. It could have come out six weeks from now or six months from now. It would still have such an impact because... It's three guys, and, and he especially saying, look, this may all look good and fun, but there's other things going on, and that's okay for that to happen. Um, that, to me, is what this podcast has really been able to exemplify is, yeah, we do stuff on Mondays and Fridays and Tuesdays and pay-per-views, and that's probably why you're tuning in because you know us from that. But we're humans, and you're humans, and we, you know, there's a give and take there, and there's an understanding of that. Uh, that goes a long way to me. And I think because those guys are willing to go out there and put themselves out there that way, that's another reason why we like them. Because yeah. they are guys. They're they're guys who are larger than life when the camera's on, but they're also humans that go home to their wives and their kids and their houses and not be in front of the camera. And they're bidets. And they're bidets, yes. Yes. <laughs>
1: For folks who know him on TV, like you mentioned, uh, he's extremely extroverted there. But anybody who knows him personally knows he's a very introverted guy. And Which he talks be- about here.
2: Like, he's like, I go yeah. home and that's it. I mean, like,
1: listen, that's okay. I have I have brought E around, you know, superstar rappers Athletes, models, like you name it. Like we have we have seen and met plenty of people together. And you will see E just turn into like, you know, just a regular, degular, like, I mean, to us, like to us, you know, wrestling guys. I'm like, you know, like, dude, like you're 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 a pretty big deal yourself, too. But you know, for some reason, he's always kind of had that sort of uh introverted nature about himself. So I think. He has such a, a healthy balance of being able to have this outlet of professional wrestling, so people can see, you know, where he can express all of this. But um, what really, what really, uh, what's what's really lovable about E is, um, you know, you mentioned mental health, and you mentioned, uh, you know, his his openness about, you know, uh, things he grew up with and struggles, and and most recently, definitely. Um, Brody's passing which yeah. was not um, it still is, is not an easy thing to deal with and um you know I knew Brody but obviously not as well as as e did they're they're practically neighbors um but that's something that I know was, was a very hard struggle for him and, and continues to be um, as as the months go by but I think his openness on and revealing that, it's a struggle and and his openness is, is something that if you were younger or several years ago would be seen as a weakness. Right. So you can't show that you can't be this, you know, they're going to take advantage of you. Like people are going to see that you're mentally not this or that. But I think as we've all become a little bit more knowledgeable about mental health and, and, and all those things, um, I see it as a strength and I see a lot of people see it as a strength, being able to be that open with yourself and knowing that, you're not you know immune from the trials and tribulations of life and just because we all have this job whether it's entertaining or wrestling or whatever it is like life is going to happen to you and him being so open on the on the past episode him being so open in the past just with with anything that goes on in life and and being fearless on that Shows an incredible amount of strength, especially in the industry that is very macho and very, yeah. <laughs> you know, about being larger than life and not showing any weakness. So uh, for that guy to be a world champion says a whole lot about where we are as a community and as, you know, a, as a people where when it comes to mental health.
2: RJ, you kind of have fun with that on your own. I mean, I feel like you kind of lean into anxiety and you have merch with it on.
0: Yes, because I have it. So I feel like I might as well just go with the flow. <laughs> <laughs> Does E being, cha- I mean, now you do it anyway, but do you think that's going to
2: like open things up for others to go? Oh, that's the world champion. He talks about that.
0: I think it certainly should. I mean, he was talking about it before this, and I think it resonated with a lot of people, especially in uh, Brody's passing, where it's like a time of need for a lot of people. I think he was a good voice of reason for people to to grieve and understand the process. And it helps people go, oh, yeah, it's sometimes anxiety is weird where it's like the first person to say it is the first person. And then eight other people go, oh, my God, I think that way, too, you know, so it's really big of him to do that leadership way. Another thing that is amazing about him is that he really has never seemed to change. A lot of people were putting pressure on him. You want a yep. title shot? You got to get serious. Put on the black tights and wet your hair. That <laughs> kind of thing. Maybe, maybe put a guitar in your theme song. And I think we've all had struggles, especially in wrestling. Different people are trying to mold you and tell you what to do and want to help you. And in show business and pretty much anywhere, there's a temptation to change yourself to meet certain expectations. And it seems like Big e said no every single time. Yeah. He's not necessarily just a serious person. He's a, you know, he has many sides to him. He's a multidimensional individual, and he stood by himself, and he did it uh, his way, good yes. or bad, and I think he's he was willing to uh, ride that boat out, and maybe it wouldn't have taken him to the championship in another timeline, and I think he would have been okay with that because he was being true to himself.
2: That goes a long way um, because I, I think about that, and we talked about that with him the other day, and, you know, people that he worked with, work with works with worked with what have said it to him. Like you got to get serious. I mean, you're, you want to be world champion. You have to be serious. I look at a guy who for the last seven years, along with woods and along with Kofi have turned this, which was one idea and go back to episode one of this podcast. You find out all about the origins, what it was going to be, what it became. And most importantly, how it has evolved because Seven years in anything just doesn't happen. And it's seven years in WWE where there's drafts and there's new people and there's new television shows. And, okay, now you—I mean, YouTube is far bigger than it was seven years ago. Twitter is far bigger than it was seven years ago. And, and there's different outlets now. And these guys have always tried to go, okay, let's steer into this. And Kaz, I think you can speak to this. They would say things on television that might be more black culture kind of stuff and you learn that and i go oh, it was, i it was know all about black that, culture but that's not <laughs> everybody's not going to know about that i mean if you, it's good to be well cultured and pay attention but sometimes they say stuff and i go oh they kind of <laughs> got away with that one right there or what but it was great in their own way because they kind of i think they kind of knew we could say this maybe not everybody's going to know it but we could say it
1: the fact that they get away with saying hey we want a new day every couple of weeks is a miracle of television magic. <laughs> I, I don't right? understand. Like, What's no,
0: going, uh, what are you talking uh, well, about? What's exactly. Happening?
1: Exactly. <laughs> we don't know what we're talking about. But that's, that's what it is. I mean, honestly, I don't think I, I wouldn't have had a job at WWE if it wasn't for the New Day sneaking in black Twitter and black culture and nerd culture and just all these sort of things that... A certain sector of the audience really got and really got behind because, you know, we got to, you know, especially when I was there, we got to say stuff and do stuff and have certain skits that, you know, only certain folks that get a level of respect uh, get away with. You know what I'm saying. So when you talk about the new day as a stable, as a group, especially in this industry where stuff doesn't last that long, like the NWO, its original run wasn't that it's like long. Two years. Really it's really like
0: like like the actual. It's like two years. Yeah, it's Those like guys two or three Don't text each other anymore to be. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, they don't have a group chat. They don't have no, a group chat. No, I, I don't think
1: they're, they're doing that. they're doing podcasts or anything like that together. Like you know, a lot of you know, unless you're talking about you know groups that break up and come back all the time, like that's when you can only talk about. Them. Like maybe like the Horseman, the Shield, like DX, that type of that type of run. But a sustained run where no one turns on each other and they stick around and they win championships and break records and headline WrestleManias and and do all to host WrestleMania. Like yeah. they have done stuff that no group in this industry has ever 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 done and probably never will do. You know, so the fact that that alone. I think the world championship is just like a cherry on top. It's like it now is. they are completely undeniable. If they were, if they were like the Derrick Rose of WWE, where like, are they a Hall of Famer? Like this is like now it's it's undeniable. It's like. This is a group with two world championships, the most tag team championships ever, the longest running consistent stable probably in WWE history. It's not even close. It's It's not even close. close.
0: They were on all that. You don't see the four Horsemen on all that. (laughs) You don't see Paul Roma and Lori Beth Denberg. So I think that is an achievement all to its own.
1: Big facts. Big facts.
0: Like uh, with that, RJ, you know, we talked
2: about, touching black culture but then there's you know the the nerd culture and wood's doing up up down down you know you're gonna you personally you play to a a, a fan base that's a little different that's not necessarily mainstream
0: yes but,
2: (laughs) but there's something to like it's a little dangerous and it's a little scary to go this is where i'm going i'm gonna be me and i'm gonna make my living being me uh that can be a little scary especially for these guys at this level but I think you can understand kind of, okay, I know this works and I know there are fans out there that like the same stuff I like.
0: It's a very, if you build it, they will come kind of situation. And the only way to do it is to be true to yourself and do what you enjoy and say, hey, hopefully other people will see that I'm enjoying this and they will enjoy it too. So it's a big risk because it's easy to say, you know, again, let's put on some trunks and do a couple arm drags because that's what I've been told. And they've never been like that ever so it's a testament to the gamble they took in terms of how they presented themselves and now it's finally paying off and it continues to pay off
2: and that's the thing it will continue to pay off i don't think anything will change uh he's got the wwe championship over his shoulder uh you know wood still wants to be king of the ring kofi has done it all and and does things like put on kevin nash gear and maybe put on stilts and you go Okay, there's another evolution of the new day that I didn't <laughs> see coming. I mean, like, that's what's fun in it to me is these guys still find ways to evolve, but have fun, evolving. go, we're going to do it this way. And now they're back together. And I'm like, okay, what's the next year going to be? You know, is, is, is he still going to come out to Wale? Yes, he will. But then he gets, he still gets to do the intro and he still gets to say people at home or like all that. Now, and we get like another run of that now. And I think that's awesome as well. And this podcast gets to continue and uh, most importantly for everybody listening, they're going to come back next week. And that's that's what I know you really want to We will hear. be gone.
0: I assure you, all of us will be gone.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm glad that we got to do this as friends of the New Day from, from different parts of their lives and continued parts of their lives. Um, because I'd also say that those three guys have opened a lot of doors for us, for other people, and, and doing it their way and then realizing, oh, this does work. And they're going to bring you up with them. And as you said, you know, send the elevator back down and go, okay, you know, this is a different thing. And we can try that, whether it be, you know, Cas, uh, you being here working with them behind the scenes or RJ, do doing up, up, down, down stuff with them. Or the fact that the bump even exists or these fun things that we can do. I think these guys get a lot of credit for that because they said, oh, this is a mold. No, it's not really a mold. And we'll continue to break that mold and change things up and do it our way. And now we have a WWE champion in Biggie that everybody wanted to see. So uh, they'll be back next week. This is where you do the plug. So uh, Kaz, uh, tell people where they can find you.
1: You can check me out on Say Less with Kaz, Low Key, and Rosie Podcast every single Monday. YouTube.com slash Kazim. Everywhere you get podcasts as well. You can also check me out on MSGPM with my co-host Monica McNutt every night. Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. And last but not least, the Mass Man Show. My good friend David Shoemaker on the Ringer Wrestling Network podcast. I think that's all. I think that's all. All right, books. RJ,
0: <laughs> fire away. Yeah, uh, You can Google me and see a bunch of things. I make coffee in my underwear every Sunday morning live on YouTube. I'm often on Twitter berating David Arquette and also just hashtag new bidet. Let's get it trending. <laughs>
2: uh, I am at the Matt camp bump Wednesday mornings on WWE network, a peacock in the U S everywhere else on socials and uh, talking smack and raw talk. Also I'll, I'll do the thing. You have to watch uh, E on laser wolf. Uh, I think that's on HBO max. You can get this new day podcast t-shirt, not on UUDD You can get it on WWE shop. Uh, there's new shorts for up, up, down, down. Make sure you go get those follow the guys. E would tell you not to follow them on Twitter However, after last week when he said he was going to win the championship, I feel like you kind of have to follow him on Twitter at WWE Big E because he'll just break news on there now. That's what his Twitter feed is. It just should be declarations. But uh, (laughs) thanks to Woods and thanks to Kofi. And, of course, thanks and congratulations to the new WWE champion, Big E. The boys will be back next week to talk all about it. For RJ and Kaz, I'm Matt Camp. This has been the
0: New Day Pod. Thank you. Peace. I'm happy Dan wasn't here. (laughs) Ha, <laughs>